Hey, Edith. Hey, Christy. What's an ig? I don't know. A snow house without a loo. Igloo. Oh, gosh. When you have to explain. <laughs> Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Edith. We're backyard gardeners in Colorado. And neighbors. And friends. These days, gardening is becoming very popular. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips, a fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down Tulips. Hello, Christy. Well, look who's here. It's Edith. It's me, and look who's over there. Hi. Like she used to be a, such a long time ago. Hi, and hello, everybody who's listening, people who garden, people who are interested in gardeners. Hi, everybody, and not interested in a Tinder way. That's not what we meant. Oh, maybe it, <laughs> or maybe know. it is. We don't judge. Do we judge, yeah. Christy? <laughs> we don't judge. Yeah, no judgment. It is the second week of December. We haven't been down here doing this live show in a while, so we're excited. I'm glad to see you. I'm glad to see you And as I'm well. excited. To, this week's topic is um, gardeners, believe it or not. Oh my gosh, I found such incredible things doing the research. Oh, I'm excited. Well, you know, I love that, uh, that, was it a comic? Is that what you would call it? You know, it would be in the newspaper, the Ripley's, Ripley's Believe, believe, it, or believe it or Not. Yes, it used to be in the comics. You're right. I loved that. I think I remember even having like, like a book of it. And I loved uh-huh, reading all those uh-huh. interesting little bizarre facts about the world. And I loved the TV show. And I believed everything he wrote, and I believe it was all true. Or not. Oh, oh, oh. or not. Or oh, not. I get it. I yeah. get it. <laughs> I get it, Christy. Just like how they keep saying, it's going to snow, and then it doesn't. Or not. Exactly. We are right now, I think, at 225 days since the last snowfall. Longest ever. Today we broke another heat record, so... That's not that's not supposed oh, to happen. I watered. Did you water? I did water. I watered yesterday and today. I, did. I should have watered today, but I watered yesterday. Uh-huh. I'm gonna have to probably water tomorrow. I mean, one of the things I absolutely had to water is you know I planted those garlic. Oh yeah, I planted those garlic. Well, they're gonna die if they don't get. I forgot about them. I'm worried about my forsythia because I realized, man, I have not been watering that. Yeah, and, and you I gotta, planted it so darn late. I did. Ooh. So yeah, I know. Not good. Hey, well, let's do a shout out, Edith, to yes. a member of our garden party. Who would that be? This is a shout out to the fabulous Claire from Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. I love Claire. That's so wonderful. Claire, thanks for being a member of the garden party, folks. This means that Claire throws a couple bucks our way each month to help support the podcast because she likes gardening tips and bad puns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Claire. And if you want to join the podcast, you can just click on the link in the show notes, folks, or you can go to our website at UpsideDownTulips.com. Mm-hmm. You sure can. And we should also let folks know, Edith, yeah. that there are a lot of sales happening at our merch store. Oh, because it's gift-giving time. Yes. Yes. And um, there are lots of options for under 10 bucks. So if you need a stocking stuffer. We've got some masks. And you know what? If it's under stickers. 10 bucks, it doesn't necessarily have to be a stocking stuffer. Ten bucks is a perfectly good gift to put right oh, under that tree. So, you know, that's the rule in my family is $10 or homemade. Yeah. You have to be really creative. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we hope you like our creative merchandise. Excellent. So, Edith. Yes. What else is happening in your garden? 
Well, Christine, not a lot is happening. I've watered and, and stuff. And believe it or not, this last week, I still picked a little bit of broccoli. What? Yes. In December. In December. Wow. It's interesting because the ones that are in the shade, because the sun has a uh -huh. low angle now, they've not gone to seed because they're not getting any sun. Oh, The one nice. in the sun, Christy, is still covered in bees. That's great. When I watered the other day, yesterday, bees came to drink the water on the ground. Oh, they were thirsty bees. They were thirsty. So that's happening, but that's it. That's all that's happening. Is anything happening in your garden? Well, first of all, Edith... Um, I have a little believe it or not in the garden for you. Okay. Edith, believe it or not, did you know that rhubarb grows so fast you can hear it? No. Believe it or not. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so what's happening in my garden? Well, um, I did... I turned my compost pile, Edith. You did not. I did. Now, folks, no, I don't turn my compost very often, but I have, because I have a gardening podcast now, it makes me more responsible. And I've also kind of learned turning it twice a year is better than turning it once a year. But here's the mistake I made. What? Is that I also, that morning, got my booster shot. <gasps> oh. And I, this is hand turning. So this is like me with the pitchfork. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. really active for like two mm. hours mm. and that booster shot put me down and I think it's because I was so active well but at least it's done or not because <laughs> I've not checked oh that's true <laughs> it actually it is looks really pretty I'm really proud of my and then I also I I have all these herbs that I harvested yeah and then I dried them up in my attic just on like cookie sheets sure like it's hot up in my attic the hardest part, of course, is processing them all so you can use them, which is uh -huh. stripping them all off of the stems and mm -hmm. then putting them in the food processor a little bit. I processed thyme, basil, dried parsley, tarragon, oregano, and rosemary. Mm -hmm. And here's what I think you'll find interesting. Do you know when you go to the grocery store and you get a little thing of herbs? It's usually around five or six bucks, yes. right? Yes, yes. So I figured that I have gotten about $100 worth oh. of herbs. Christy, Christy. That's amazing. I believe that. And this is a perfect segue for something. Shout out to my sister, Uta, from D.C., who sent me an article from Consumer Reports on the amount of heavy metals in spices in the store. Even on herbs and spices. Even heavy Christy, metals? Heavy metals, yes. Like we did. Like ACDC, the rock band? <laughs> Oh, she's giving me a look. Oh, oh what a look. man. It looks good. They would. Wow. Now, you listen up. Do you remember, I even looked back, well, in episode 27 and 28, remember we did heavy metals and baby food? Yes. So why wouldn't it be in a lot of the herbs, herbs, that they're selling <laughs> at the store? In fact, they found them in, like some of the cheaper brands, mm -hmm. they also found them in um, Costco turmeric. They found them in Whole Foods brands. They found them in organic brands, heavy metals. So the recommendation from Consumer Reports is, as you are doing, grow your own. It's so much fun to do, and they taste better. Yeah. And there's such you get such pride in it. Absolutely. So. And you're not going to, you know, they've actually found cases of lead poisoning from from herbs and spices. Christy. Oh, my gosh. That's what it said in Consumer Reports, and why would they lie? And I just saved myself 100 bucks. And you saved yourself a hundred bucks and your brain. You probably saved your brain. Hey, I was going to ask you. Yes. You were mentioning that you were going to go out and buy a, a plum tree, did you? I did not. Okay. Because nobody had him. It, you know what I mean? 
Uh, I guess part of it is supply chain things. Part of it is so late in the season. Yeah, you but know, and I it's just interesting get... that you could even consider planting a tree in December in And that Colorado. was the other thing I really, I wasn't sure about that. One so of the greenhouses, one greenhouse I talked to said yes, the other one said no. Oh. So because trees are expensive, I thought, okay, I'm going to wait. Yeah, and you could maybe, could you plant that in like March, you think? I'm going to try to do okay. it exactly that in March. Um, Just an update on my attic tomatoes. Yes. I did a huge harvest up there. I probably, I got a big bushel basket of tomatoes. Oh, nice. So these are tomatoes, folks, that I that are green tomatoes that I had so many. It's such a huge tomato year. I had bushels of green tomatoes up there and did another huge harvest today. Almost done with all the tomatoes in the attic. So that's amazing, though. Think about it. It's past Thanksgiving and you still have tomatoes. Yeah, fresh tomatoes. I have like five too. Oh, that's great. So what do you, are you going to process them into sauce or something? Yeah, I think so. I, what I did before is I roasted them and then I'll make soup out of it. Perfect. Roasted tomatoes oh, are pretty good. It's absolutely perfect. And while I was up there, I checked on my geraniums and they're still alive. Mine are too. Uh-huh. And the pepper plant I have up in the attic, all the leaves fell off and they say, don't panic. So I'm not panicking. Don't panic. Don't but panic. it looks, still looks green. So I think that's maybe a good sign. It so, is a good sign. Of course it's a good sign. Yeah. All right. But we'll see what happens on, and the next time we have an update on it. Christy, I have a couple of um, examples of letters written to Santa from little kids. Can I give one, you one yeah. right now? Yeah. Dear Santa, I want a rainbow unicorn that poops ice cream. P.S. I better get it, too. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. That's, That's awesome. Good well, folks, if there are words or terms you're, you don't understand... Just go to our website and check out the always informative and humorous Upside Down Dictionary. Or click on the link in our show notes. Also, we've got some fun stuff on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. And now here's a brand new pod play just for you. It's Gardener's Classic Movie Night. Christy, I've just made the popcorn. Where's your handsome and handy husband? He's off building me a greenhouse. Then he has a photo shoot with Handsome Husband magazine. Mm. So it's just us. What movie is GCM showing tonight? Let's see. Um, um, ooh, it says here, The Martian. Doesn't sound like gardening to me. Is that the one with Matt Damon? Ugh, Matt Damon. Well, I'm game if you are. You usually fall asleep in 10 minutes anyway. That is so not true. Tonight's movie, The Martian, starring Matt Damon. Ugh, Matt Damon. Don't fall asleep. I won't. All right, team. Stay inside of each other. Let's make NASA proud. (laughs) (sighs) 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 Edith, wake up. This movie is finally starting to get interesting. Did I miss anything? So, Matt Damon is an astronaut stranded on Mars after his team assumes he died. I guess they just don't understand the gravity of his situation. (laughs) He must rely on his ingenuity to find a way to signal Earth that he is alive and can survive until a potential rescue. You know, there sure has been a lot of fictional money spent on saving Matt Damon. He has to grow three years worth of food on a planet where nothing grows. 
Luckily for him, he's a botanist. Oh, a botanist. I've been talking to a botanist on Tinder. I'm not looking for anything serious. I just want to get in his plants. <laughs> get it, get it. Mars will come to fear his botany powers. Turn up the volume. Exciting. He is using astronaut poo for fertilizer. His acting is so good, I can smell it. Oh, yes. So thrilling. Look, Edith, see how he cuts each potato into four quarters, making sure each quarter has at least two eyes. I think this is the best movie I have ever seen. I am on the edge of my seat. I know, me too. He is making it rain. Look, a teeny little sprout. Oh my gourd! And 48 Martian days later, he has healthy potato plants. The smaller ones he can reseed. The larger ones are his food supply. How do you like them potatoes? <laughs> <laughs> this movie is so good. Uh, oh, oh. Oh no. An airlock leak. Depressurization. <gasps> no! no! Oh, oh, the Botany. Oh no, the potatoes! Oh, oh, this is oh. so sad and terrible. Oh my god, oh. I'm so moved. Now that the potatoes have been killed, I don't give a flying Ben Affleck about this movie anymore. Agreed. Maybe we'll have better luck with next week's movie. It's about gardening alternative food sources. What's it called? Soylent Green. <laughs> And this is just a reminder that we are in our Persephone period, and that means we're going to publish new shows bi-weekly. Every other week, we'll have a brand new episode for everyone, like this week. We'll also have coming up our favorite mistakes of 2021 and our garden plans for 2022. On the off week, we will repeat favorite episodes like Growing Herbs and Winter Sowing. Also, on the off week, we will publish a special new pot play just for the garden party. Next week's is a brand new old woman who lived in a shoe. I'm excited to hear what it's going to be. I'm not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to hear the new pot play on the off week, then just become a member of the garden party. Christy, it's the season for good cheer, is it not? Yes. It's good cheer. So what I did, I went out and I found... Some things that were kind of unbelievable, but that will cheer people up. Great. Right? Yes. Okay, good. Believe it or not. For example, did you know that July 27th is Take Your House Plants for a Walk Day? What? Believe it or not. <laughs> I, Christy, I believe it. <laughs> good. You can or put not. them in a little red wagon. Yeah. <laughs> Let them go outside. <laughs> Breathe the fresh air, little plants. Breathe. Well, okay, speaking of outside, so my first thing that I found was, um, you know the country of Malawi in sub-Sahara -Sub Africa? Yes, it's on the eastern mm. coast. Thank you, Rand McNally. <laughs> uh, do you know that 90% of the country's population is dependent on biomass for energy, which is mostly wood? Mm. They have lost like 60% of their indigenous primary forest because oh. people need it. You know, to keep warm, to cook, to do all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, sure. So this company, this project, it's called United Purpose. It's an international charity, an NGO. And they installed 
a biogas digester, it's called. Mm. Now, we've talked about this before. The dairy farmer in Pennsylvania. Yes. These things are becoming more common, I guess. And this is using uh, waste matter, such as manure or human poo, correct, Edith? Well, here, here's what they did. They went to a prison, and it converts organic matter, with it, which are kitchen scraps, which is organic matter including human waste, mm -hmm. and you put it in this digester, and it's anaerobic so that no air is in there, so that the um, bacteria starts um, eating it up or breaking it down, and it creates methane gas. This gas, they pump into the prison kitchen. They use the gas to cook the meals, and then a slurry is formed, a slurry of the leftover, mm -hmm. you know, and they use that to fertilize their gardens. So it's a total, complete circle. And they don't need to use wood to cook or to heat buildings. Exactly. They don't need to use that. Because the those type of forests, they call them the lungs of the earth. Yes. Yes, they do. And also, they have also found it is cheaper. It is much cheaper to do it this way. Than to like for a for an in institution to use oil or gas, um, it's better to use this bio. And it digester. sounds weird, but it doesn't smell at all. You would think no. like, oh my gosh, this is going to be this. Oh no, it's anaerobic. Yeah, you, you can't smell anything at all. You're right. And it makes so much sense when you figure how much we we use other things, even like dinosaurs, right? Yes, dinosaurs were you know became fossilized, and we use that as oil. Boy, doesn't it make much more sense for us to use waste or Christy, that's manure. a really good point. You know, because I, I think, um, so so they cut fire firewood consumption by half. They are saving, this prison is, $400 each month on firewood and electricity. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Why wouldn't someone go this way? And some people might be a little, um, what do you call it, about human waste. Well, they're a little like what is well, what word am I looking for? Not tender, but little, little ewy. Yeah, a little, 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 little ewy. Yeah. Hello. Well, don't be. Just grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Hey, Edith. Yes. Believe it or not, a single dandelion can produce two thousand seeds. Oh my gosh! I totally believe that. I think I do. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, I don't. Really, Christy? <laughs> or not. Okay. Oh, oh, okay, Christy, here's another letter from Santa. Dear Santa, define good. <laughs> That's a good one, right? That's awesome. Okay, here's a believe it or not, Edith. Yes. That, you know, NASA is always looking to provide astronauts with nutrients in a long-lasting easily absorbed way, yes. like fresh grown fruits and vegetables, yes. because vitamins can only help so much. And if they're going on long trips, the, the food that they give them that's been all dehydrated doesn't right. have as many things. Sure. Good. So um, the challenge to do it, though, is without gravity and without sunlight. Well, what they have in the International Space Station is something called the Vegetable Production System, known as Veggie. And it's a space garden residing in the space station. It's about the size of a piece of luggage. 
and it grows in a clay-based growth media yeah. and fertilizer. And so it helps distribute water and nutrients. And um, with the absence of gravity, the plants use other environmental factors such as light to orientate themselves and to guide their growth. So they have um, light emitting diodes, you know, LED lights yeah. that will give them light. And to date, veggie has successfully grown a variety of plants, including three types of lettuce, cabbage, mustard, kale, and even zinnia flowers. Oh, I love zinnias. The flowers were especially popular with astronaut Scott Kelly, who picked a bouquet and photographed it floating in the cupola against the backdrop of Earth. Oh, man, that's great. You know, Christy, I think when someone says outer space or a spaceship, space station, I always think of Star Trek. So I always think they have these huge windows that the sun would come in. I guess they must not. (laughs) I guess not. No sun. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they have to provide their own light. Wow, interesting indeed. I believe it. Okay, my next one, Christy. Speaking of strange places, to garden, okay, in 1998, now this, we're talking about a town called Inuvik, which is north of the Arctic Circle, 120 miles north of the Arctic Circle. It's a town of 3,200 people. There was one of those awful residential schools that the Canadian government had put there to, uh, like, like we did with American Indians, mm-hmm. you know, to take the culture away. Yeah, re-education, quote unquote, they called it. Exactly. So, so that was there. It had a huge, and then of course they don't do that anymore, but it had a standing hockey rink. So instead of tearing it down, the community said, why don't we try to put a greenhouse in it instead? And they did. I mean, and I, I didn't even think of this, Christy, but when you think about it, they are... The, they have sunlight some days, like 24 hours, 20 hours. Good There's point. Long, 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 long days that they actually, inside the greenhouse, get to be 100 degrees at times. Wow. They actually kind of have to cool it down. Um, they are not the only. There are 16 community greenhouses in the Yukon. Wow. Since 2015, 24 more have sprung up in the Northwest Territories. They estimate that they will produce a ton of food. This one greenhouse. A ton. By the end of the season. A ton of food. And this is in a place where, like, you know, they have to import all their greens. A head of bok choy costs nine dollars. Probably probably now more than than when I when they wrote this. But pennies to grow it yourself. But pennies to grow it yourself. Now, how cool is that? That is amazing. That's just great. North of the Arctic Circle. I love how people can find ways to garden. I do too. It really speaks well and provides hope in my mind for the future. I believe it. That's why. Thank you. I believe it too. (laughs) Dateline, December 11th, 2021. The North Pole. Santa's Workshop. Meet two of Santa's elves. Good morning, Shinny up a tree. Bright and early it is, Von Norris Open Sleigh. Did you hear that? Well, of course I did. I'm not deaf. It's Santa Claus. And it's not good. Oh, oh, oh. Then it should be ho, ho, ho. 
what's wrong with Santa Claus? I think I know, but I'm not saying. Why wouldn't you say though, Von Ors? We're all friends here. We all love the Santa Claus, don't we? Of course I love the Santa Claus, Ginny. So tell me what's wrong with him, and maybe we can find a cure. Okay. He's so sad because his garden died. Of course he died. We're in the Arctic Circle at the North Pole. What can grow here at this time of year except maybe reindeer moss? So Santa is depressed. But that's nothing to be ashamed of, Von Norse. Let's put our heads together. Maybe we can come up with something. Okay. Dateline, December 25th, 2021. Santa's workshop. Again, two of Santa's elves are exchanging gifts. Merry Christmas, Ginny. Merry Christmas, Von Ors. <laughs> and that is Santa saying ho, 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 which means he's happy. Yes, he's happy because we got him the perfect gift. A membership in the Inuvi Community Greenhouse. A greenhouse in the Architect Circle so he can grow his own vegetables. Who knew there were community gardens in the far north of the Canada and the Alaska? Upside down tulips, no. I found them on the internet, Swan Norse. Hey, I know what we should ask for for Christmas next year. What's that, Ginny? A faster Wi-Fi. You know, Mrs. Claus was not so happy with my gift. What did you get her? A vacuum cleaner. Well, that sucks. What? <laughs> Get it? It's a vacuum cleaner and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad, it's good. Next year, we search on the online gifts that Mrs. Claus would like. That's a good. And so here is your gift, Shinny. Oh. <sighs> Chia pet. I love it. And for you, my best friend, Wanors. Excited. So excited. Wait, what? A rock? Is this like a coal in a stocking? No, Wanors. You've been a good elf. It's a pet rock. I found it on the eBay. It's a vintage gift from the 70s. It was very pricey. Does it sing? No. Grow something? No. Maybe it explodes? It doesn't do anything. It's a rock. It's a pet rock. That means you don't have to feed it or scoop up the poop like we do with the reindeer. Oh. Oh, I love it, Ginny. It's perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. And from the elves Edith and Christy from the Upside Down Tulips workshop slash basement, happy holidays. Thank you for sharing them with us for a little while. Edith, believe it or not, there is a hand-grafted plant that simultaneously produces both tomatoes 
and potatoes. Oh. It's called the ketchup and fries plant. Oh, Christy. <laughs> Believe that, it or not. Christy, is that true? Believe it or not. You're not going to tell me. That's your choices. <laughs> Dang it. I don't believe it. I don't think I believe that. Are you, This is like a test. Is, are you no, this is from me? Ripley's Believe It or Not. Oh, it is actually from Ripley's? Yes. I suppose it could be true because potatoes are underground. Yeah. I suppose it could be. Just graft it. Yeah. Okay. I believe it. Okay. Edith, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That... Plants can sense moving water, even if it's in a pipe. I believe that. Oh, that's so interesting. Christy, I have another Santa letter. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Little boy is writing to Santa. Dear Santa, please send me a baby brother. Santa writes back, send me your mother. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's a very jolly Santa. Um, yeah. <laughs> And speaking of, okay, speaking of jolly, so have you heard about these green burials? Yes. Where they would... It sounds fascinating. It sounds fascinating. So far, they can only do your ashes. They can't do your whole body. Mm -hmm. So you'd burn up, and then they would put you in this biodegradable plastic pod that looks like an egg, put you your ashes in the ground, and then they plant a tree on top of it. So as the... Um, the egg, the, the biodegradable plastic disintegrates, and then your ashes go into the earth around it, then you are feeding the tree. And th this is an two Italian men who are designing this, and what they'd like to see, rather than cemeteries, are plots and plots and acres and acres of trees. Oh, that's so cool. Isn't that so cool? I've, I've seen, though, some images, though, where they can put the body in the pod, too. But they're not doing that part yet. They're not doing that part yet. No, I've seen images like that, too. But no. Would you I, do it, Edith? I, I would like to think I would. I mean, I definitely am not going to be in a casket. I just think that's weird. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Sure. It's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think I would. Okay, Christy, believe it or not, this final, this final one that I have is it's really, really cool. Um, there was a time, so this goes back to the medieval times. So there was a time when almost every rural British family who had bees, they had a tradition. If something bad happened in the family or some big thing changed within the family, somebody got married, somebody moved out, somebody died or was sick, they had to go and tell the bees. They would go out to their beehive and they would talk to their bees. They thought that if they didn't do that, then the bees would get upset and then the bees might die because, and you know, the Egyptians thought bees were very spiritual. They thought they were a link. And I guess people have always considered bees to be something extra special. Maybe a gift put here just for us because of the sweet honey that they produce. Mm. So um, also in the, in the Celtic mythology, also the bees were a link between our world and the spirit world. And interestingly, and so timely, um, Diana Gabaldon, who wrote, who wrote Outlander, mm -hmm. her last book hasn't come out yet, but it's called Go Tell the Bees That I Have Gone. Ah. Isn't that cool? You know, bees like to know things. They don't like to be left out. 
Mm-hmm. They like to they like to keep they like to know everything that's going on, and if they get left out, they'll get mad, right? Well, that's what people used to think or still do, apparently. Yeah, I just, I think that's really cool. Do you talk to your bees? Um, Yeah, I do. Good. Yeah. I actually have so, I mean, this is probably true in your yard too. I have so many different kinds of bees. I never mm-hmm. knew there were that many kinds. Mm-hmm. And um, I've never, I've never gotten stung. Ne- me neither. Hundreds of bees, never gotten stung, not yeah. even once. But I wonder too if there's something also that just feels good about talking to the bees in a way that feels safe about, especially if it's about somebody who died. Or if you murdered someone. <laughs> right. Because they wouldn't, you know, be able to right. tell Right, you could do that. You could get it off your chest. You could go through the grieving process. Mm-hmm. You could celebrate if somebody got mm-hmm. married. Mm-hmm. And you could do it in a place. Like, it almost reminds me of, have you seen this thing where people will put telephone booths that don't go anywhere? Like, they'll put a telephone booth in a forest and you could just pick it up and oh. you could talk to whoever you want to talk to. Oh, that's so cool. But it, you could do that or you could tell the bees. Or you can tell the bees. That is really wonderful. Do you know that down the ark, down on 20th and Pierce, has a poetry box? And you can write a poem and you can put it in the poetry box. Oh. Isn't that cool? That is cool. A poetry box. Yeah, well, very good. That's that's all the news. Do you have any more Believe It or Not? Yes. Of what course is I do. It? Edith. What? Believe it or not. Trees relax their branches at night as if they are sleeping. Oh, I totally believe that. Edith, what? believe it or not. A car park in Thailand is in full bloom after a taxi company transformed its fleet into a community garden to help feed drivers put out of work by the pandemic. Oh, wow. They made gardens out of the taxis. Out of the taxis? Yes. They put dirt in the cars? Yes. And planted stuff? Yes. Wow. Wow. That or a space station? I don't know. Which do I believe? Or not. I don't know. Or not. Edith. What? It's your favorite time. Tick, 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 tock, tick, tock. It's my favorite time. It's mailbag time. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Look what I have in my hand. A letter. It's a letter from Sean. He says, hello to you both. I've been meaning to listen to the podcast, and today I finally did. Good. Good. Thank you. (laughs) You both are so much fun, and the show is delightful to listen to. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. I am in the process of trying to grow Venus flytraps in my dining room, he says, and it's not going well. I've been obsessed with them ever since I saw Little Shop of Horrors as a kid. I was given a plant back then, but it died when I fed it mac and cheese. Why? Was it Kraft mac and cheese? Because when you're a kid, that's all you want to eat is Kraft macaroni and cheese. Of course. Okay. Anyway... I thought I'd share and wondered if you have ever talked about growing in terrariums in the cooler weather. Thanks, Sean. Okay, Sean and Edith. Yes. Do you know where Venus fly traps are native to? Venus. (laughs) (laughs) What? You know, that makes sense now that you think about it. Of course it does, right? It is South Carolina. No. 
Isn't that interesting? That is you would so think interesting. It'd be like, believe it Bo- or not, I believe it. It's not Bolivia. It's South Carolina and some parts of North Carolina. And it is in a rapidly declining native range. And the species is currently under the Endangered Species Act review. No kidding. Well, the interesting thing about Venus flytraps, and this might help you, Sean, is that it's tricky to grow them inside. And they are best grown outside, like on a patio. Oh. Or balcony. So the play lied. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't That's look right. to a play for your bot- botanical yeah. knowledge. Um, and I did some research, and these are some of the things that were that people had in common, which is, one, is that Venus flytraps do not need any nutrients from the soil. Really? They're a rhizome. They have very short roots. Because guess where all their nutrients come from? The air? Bugs. No. Oh, my gosh. What, they eat the bugs? Yes. Oh, wow. So the roots have adapted through this process. So you have to make sure you have a soil that doesn't have any added fertilizer in it. Like if you get a miracle Grow potting mix, that's going to have fertilizer in yeah, it. Yeah, don't buy that, folks, for anything. Or you should not add any fertilizer. You should use peat moss or perlite or something that's called long-fibered sphagnum moss because it allows air to go through. Um, they, when you when you water a Venus flytrap, you have to make sure that you're not using tap or bottled water because it could have some nutrients in there or some minerals that can kill the plants. You always have to use rainwater, distilled water, or water that's osmosis water. That's so interesting. Any extra fertilizer in it will make the plant, it's just like over-fertilizing your oh plant. Oh my goodness. Um, also, and this could be what's happening to Sean's plant, is that Venus fly traps have a dormancy period. So just like we were talking about my peppers and geraniums up Uh in the attic, Uh that they, if they are continually forced to be alive, they will get exhausted and die. Oh, wow. So you need to slow down the growth. It will shed its leaves. It will come back in the spring and it can even flower. As a white flower, the flower is a really high stalk so that the bees will be up at the flower and not get near its leaves that will trap it. Oh, oh, that's so great. Damn, see how how smart that is. And if they get pollinated, you can even collect the seeds on a Venus flytrap. But it does want to get to be around 45 degrees is where it's happy when it's in dormancy. In fact, you can even keep it outside. It, a light frost won't hurt it if it stays in the upper 20s. Uh-huh. So right now, I mean, you could keep, in this weather we've been having here in the Denver metro area where it was 74 today Yeah. in December, you could keep a Venus flytrap still outside. They don't recommend a terrarium. They don't? In the long run because there's no drainage. Oh, okay. also accidental minerals can build up and bacteria can develop on a Venus flytrap. Where I've seen some controversy is about how much moisture. I've heard people say, let it dry out or it'll rot. Then other people say, you got to keep it in water the whole time. I think the main thing is that it should be, your favorite word, Edith, it should be moist, moist. but not soggy. <laughs> moist, but not soggy. Shout out to the word moist and never standing in water. Okay. So 
Um, and then, of course, you don't ever need to feed it. It will catch its own insects if Is it's left right? outside. Is that right? Really? You don't need to feed it. It'll catch its own stuff. So if, um, you, so if you have it in the house, you, you better have bugs in the house. Yeah, li- yeah, and a live bug is best. Huh. Um, beef or chicken will kill it. Macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> will kill it. And you don't want to trigger the traps too much or it'll wear the plant out. Because it's kind of fun to see them close. So maybe you could do it every now you and then. You can wear the plant out? Yeah, you'll get tired. So um, believe it or not, that's about Venus flytraps. What a fascinating plant. They're so pretty too. They come in these, they can come in these really beautiful red colors. One's called the B-52. It's huge, huge leaves and it's a bright red. Oh. They're just so, so many different varieties. Um, but grow it outside. Christy. And then let it go dormant. Christy. Thank you for doing all that wonderful research. It was super fun. That is really, really good. And friends, if you have uh, gardening stories, questions, successes, flops, what should people do, Edith? They should write to us by email or call us on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Upside down tulips at Gmail, please, or at our website at upside down tulips.com. And now it's time for the inspiration of the week. Our inspiration comes from W.J. Vogel. To shorten winter, borrow some money due in spring. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, Edith. That's Isn't that great. great. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening. We hope you thought that was good. We are Edith Weiss and Christy Montour Larson. Did you get some laughs, some value out of this episode? Do us a favor, would you? Hit that subscribe, like, or follow button wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. Want more? Go to denisegentilini.com or you can find that link at UpsideDownTulips.com. And kudos to our excellent yet enigmatic engineer. And special thanks to our local nursery and friend of the show, Southwest Gardens. Best nursery in Denver. Join us next, next week, won't you, for a new pod play for the garden party and awesome repeat on herb gardening for everyone. Don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forget you. Upside down. Believe it or not. No. (laughs) I don't know how I've lived this long not knowing that. Wow.